Welcome to This Is What We've Been Talking About. It's what we've been talking about. Every day, every week. Once a week. To all five of you. (laughs) And we're two of them. Listen, tell your friends about it. It's better than you think it is. Like, if you're popping this on right now, go back and listen to a few. Just just give us the listen, man. I mean, it's good. It's funny. And it's probably what you guys have been talking about. <laughs> you know? Well, and we'd love to talk about even more stuff. But, you know, there's limited time and there's so much to talk about, especially on a man's podcast. Sports and current events and that's right. just experiences in our lives that we've had and just funny things and, you know, different challenges we have to to be a good father, good husband, good partner, whatever it is, good good employee, all those things. You know, it's it's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to do and a lot holding us back. Yeah. But you know what? I mean I I kinda subscribe to that, but I'm 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 saying Nobody's going to hold you back, but there are forces out there that are going to try to. Well, they're right? trying to. So whether whether they are or they're not, they're still trying to. Like, and I kind of, yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, well, like you were just going to say, you know, as a man, you want to be like, nobody's going to hold us back. Like, we can't use that excuse. And I agree with that 110%. Exactly. But that doesn't mean that they're not trying to do it. That's right. And they're trying it in, uh, in, in mass numbers and in uh, in a way that will change the society psyche. You know, we've talked about this for weeks now. If you've been listening, the three, four people know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and why can't you say, why can't you pronounce the V in every? You got to say airy. <laughs> like, what's that all about? I don't get that. I don't even know what that means. Airy day. Well, what does that mean? Is winds blowing? I don't know. <laughs> what you got on your mind, dude? You thinking about something? Well, I was looking. I was trying to look up something because this is what we started talking about. Oh yeah, and I can't find where I read this earlier. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. But. Hmm. Let me tell you a crazy story, though. So I want to hear this. We went away this weekend, and okay. we were supposed to. We had bought tickets with some some of our family friends to go to a concert in Rochester, New York, and that's a few okay. hours away from where we live. Yep. And it was a Christmas concert. Okay, because guess what? Merry Christmas! It's this month, a few weeks from now. We Merry celebrate Christmas. It. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to buy into the, the Christian religion, but it's a Christian holiday, yeah. you know, and it it's, is. it's called Merry Christmas. It is. Um, but anyways, yeah. yeah. So we were going to a concert, uh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which is a famous orchestra that plays Christmas music. It's right up your alley. Yeah. Trans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. But anyways, no, it's actually pretty cool. Like if you listen to their music yeah. and uh, you ever seen any YouTube videos of their shows, it's pretty amazing. But yeah, you know, we were like, let's kick off the, you know, Christmas holiday season and, and go see them. And my wife was pretty, pretty pumped about it. And so we bought That's tickets. Cool. We were heading down there. And uh, so the concert's at seven at the Blue Cross Arena in Rochester, New York. Okay. So we leave um, where we were staying with enough time to get down there like a half an hour early. Okay. Which seems about right. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Half an hour early. Cause they never start on time and you know, you get a parking spot, walk right. five minutes, 10 minutes in, get your ticket scanned and go get your seats. And then it's starting. Yeah. So we got down there at like six 30 might've even been earlier than that. Six 20. Okay. And we <laughs> sat in traffic for an hour. Oh my God. It was seven 30. The concert starts at seven. Are you, are you saying like sitting in, sitting in traffic to get to the arena? Yeah. Didn't move. What? I think we might've moved like two car lengths in an hour. What? And so we had a decision to make. 
I mean, we we were sitting there thinking we bought these tickets. The concerts already started and we haven't moved. Like it would have been different if at that point it was moving. Right. You yeah. know, if at that point it was moving, it'd be like, all right, we'll, we'll show up a half an hour to 40 minutes late and just yeah. get. It's not like you're missing your favorite song. No. It's and it, right. I mean, it's not know, like we're missing a song from ACDC or like, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a, it's a totally different type of concert. And right, I wouldn't right. care if I missed some of it. I want to see some of it because I paid for the tickets. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't, it hadn't moved. It wasn't moving. There were no signs that it was going to move. That's crazy. So we had to make a collective decision to just turn around. What? Walked away from our tickets, man. We had to. We just left. Honestly, we would have sat there till the end of the concert. Why wasn't it moving? Rochester was completely unprepared. And it doesn't make sense because this is an arena that hosts all sorts of concerts. Yeah. I don't know why this one in particular was a problem for the city. But when we turned around and left, we like passed other, you know, obviously we saw the traffic where we were, you know, but we also saw other roads leading into the arena and they were backed up at seven 30. Wow. And so I guess my wife had posted some things on social media and, and other people commented they never made it to the there or they made it like an hour and a half late. I guess the right. concert did start a little late, but even so, you know, I think I don't know how many people, but I would say about 25 percent of people either missed it or showed up late. Wow. And there's no way that I mean, OK, so you're sitting there, you're you're not moving for an hour, maybe two car links in an hour. And I know you, man, you're pissed. Well, it's right? ridiculous. There's no yeah, reason for it. I mean, just, you know, park on the side of the road, then like everybody just park right there and start walking in, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. allow that. I mean, I'm not talking about you doing it, but right. just allow that to happen because you guys can't deal with the traffic for whatever reason. Well, there were no police officers like directing traffic. Like when you have a concert where you're going to bring in somewhere between 10 and let's just say 80,000. It wasn't that because this is Rochester. It doesn't have a professional sports team. So I'm guessing Blue Cross Arena. I don't know what they hold. Somewhere probably between 10 and 30,000 people, I'm guessing. Okay. More, probably more on the lower end of that. Okay. Yeah. But let's say 10 to 20,000 people. Okay. At 7 p.m. So it's a little bit past rush hour, right? Like rush hour is 5 to 6. You should be able to accommodate the traffic flow to that concert, park them, get them inside in an easy fashion for a concert. And they do concerts there all the time. Well, I mean, do they do anything else there? Like is there a hockey team or something? Yeah, semi, like, like one level down, not NHL, but whatever the next level down is, is a hockey arena, I think. Okay. So they have that right, so Rochester I, Americans, maybe is that hockey? I, possibly? I looked this up. Twelve thousand four hundred and twenty-eight is the capacity. capacity okay, the yeah. So closer to that ten thousand mark, but twelve thousand people. You can't get them in and out of your downtown and into parking spots and into your arena on time at seven p.m. six thirty. That's crazy, man. So like, it's not like it was snowing or something. You know what I mean? Like dry roads. It was 40 something degrees. And, you know, so on some of these social media posts, my wife was reading some of the other comments. There were people that went down there an hour early, even slightly further, even slightly earlier than that. So like an hour early would be 6, 6 p.m. You know, we were there about 630, 6 p.m., even like 545 p.m., And they, some of them said they got seated and in the arena by like 745. That's insane, dude. I think we would have, if we would have stayed there, I think we would have gotten in probably, let's see, it was 6.30, when we left. 8.30? I bet you there'd been a half an hour left at the concert, maybe, if we're lucky. Wow. Wow. So I've never done that before. And honestly, if it would have been like a rock band that I really wanted to see or some band, I would have like probably had more patience to stay there than if it was just this Christmas thing. And not there's nothing against Trans Siberian Orchestra. They're an awesome Christmas like touring, you know, thing, but it wasn't it, their fault. It wasn't their fault. It was the city's fault. Yeah. I mean, if you if you have an arena there and obviously you have events, hockey, other concerts, like you said whatever else that they do there, 
And, and they're getting people in and out on time, or is it always like that? I wonder. I don't if think it's so. Always that. It couldn't be, or nobody would ever go. Especially in today's age, with you know the the social media and the and just the ability to communicate and and kind of tell everybody about how awful your experience was. It wouldn't take long for people to be like, I'm never going to a concert there. <laughs> that makes no sense, man. I, I, I can't believe that they would be that bad at yeah. getting cars in. That's crazy. I mean, I've been to a million concerts and, and sporting events and yeah, I've, I usually like to get there, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because I'm old now. I just need to get there. I don't like crowds or any of that stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've sat in traffic and, you know, you're sweating because you're like, man, I got to get in there. Yeah. You know, and it's just yeah. like, it makes it, it starts off the night bad. Well, and we talked about like, well, we could have left earlier, but when we found out people that left even an hour early, yeah, you know, still weren't getting in on time, it was like, okay, well, okay, we can blame ourselves for not leaving earlier, but would you have expected us to leave two hours early? I mean, that's insane. I'm not going to sit in a, in a, you know, arena an hour and a half before an orchestra comes on. That's yeah, just no ridiculous. Way. No way. No way. So and I don't I, know. I mean, I've been to concerts way early and done like, um, uh, tailgating stuff, mm-hmm. you know? When I used to go to Jimmy Buffett concerts, like way back when I was, <laughs> uh, that was fun. Uh, but you know, there's you know, that would, going on for TSO. Like, I, yeah, I doubt it. There's no beach balls and footballs no. thrown around. Have you been like tailgating for, for a football game before? Yeah. Hmm. That's and fun. you're, and you can get there like, at noon or something for a four or a one o'clock game or even well, like not noon, not noon, yeah, like yeah, nine probably like nine, 10 set up. Cause you know, I, I think we've made it apparent on here on this podcast. I'm a Buffalo bills fan. And like, you know, they're probably one of the best fan bases for tailgating. I mean, they'll get there yeah. at eight, nine in the morning and they'll cook chicken wings and That's just awesome. all sorts of crazy stuff in the parking lots. And, and I've, d- I've done that before. That's cool, man. That's um, so cool. I've done that before. Uh, and it's so much fun. And, uh, yeah, so you get there early, but that's fun. You're with friends, you're eating, you're drinking probably, right. You know, you're all just hanging out, but yeah. So I have done that before. And I, okay. So <clears throat> doing these tailgate things at the Jimmy Buffett concerts in my, whatever, 20, early twenties. And I was doing all that, right? We would get to the concert at an eight o'clock concert. We get there at noon. Okay. Eight hours just sitting there. One one year I brought my old sofa and just left it there in the parking lot. (laughs) I was getting rid of it anyway. I was like, I'm bringing this and we're all going to sit on it and just hang out. It was great. But you know, it's, you know, you walk around, you, and when you walk around, when you're walking around like the big grass parking lot and whatever, and everybody's like barbecuing and drinking and stuff. And any, anytime you walk through it, and this was like the tradition, at least for that, you walk through somebody else's thing, you have to take a drink or a shot with them, you know? So if you, if you want to get drunk, just start walking around a little bit, you'll yeah. get like wouldn't free take, shots and wouldn't stuff. Wouldn't take yeah. long. Yeah. No, not at all. And like. I remember standing on top of my truck with like a Nerf football and just chucking it. And then somebody, and then you'd see it like chuck somewhere else. And then like, you know, sometimes it comes back to you. Sometimes it doesn't, but as as far as you can chuck that thing. Yeah. Those those are awesome, fun times, but totally different situation than what we were faced with. And so as a man, I had to make a decision, you know, like, Okay, because it was me and the other other guy there, you know, that were ultimately going to make the decision. He was driving. We were all riding together in his vehicle. Right. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, you know, we'd spent the money. Yeah. I said, we've been here. We've been here an hour and haven't moved more than a car length or two. That's crazy. I'm like, I don't want to lose the money on the tickets. But honestly, like, we're not getting in here. Like, and we can either one of two things. We can sit here and maybe get in for the last 20 minutes of the concert. 
Yeah. Or we can salvage our night and go do something. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as I hated walking away from the money, I wanted to do something. So we went and got a bite to eat and, you know, went and, uh, you know, my team was playing that night in football too. So I actually got home, got to watch the game. Um, <laughs> That's cool. But, you know, it was, it was a weird situation because the whole weekend was built around going to that concert and then it fell through the first night. Hmm. But, um, so I don't know, just weird things happen sometimes and not what you have planned. And as a man, father, husband, you got to make decisions and hope that it's the best. You know, I don't know as though it was the best, but you know, it was something that we had to do. I mean, that's a lot of the things that happen with, with guys, you know, men, we have to, uh, you know, see what's going on in the moment, make decisions based, uh, based on what's the best case scenario on, you know, what's presented in front of you. And, and that's something that's lost on a lot of people now, nowadays is that, you know, I, I feel like kids don't have that in their, uh, repertoire. They don't to be, to be able to make a decision. They get overwhelmed with, uh, you know, the situation at hand. Oh. And then, and then they freak out and they're unable to make yes. a conscious decision. And, you know, let's face it, man, uh, you know, was it what we, how we were raised, but I feel like we both worked the ER. You got to do that day in and day out in the ER. Maybe that just honed the skills that we already had. Maybe, but I think it was the way we were raised, man. And I think we're trying to do it with our kids, but that's such a small percentage of, humanity and let me tell you mm. I don't I don't care what field you work in you're going to run across the issue with kids today and having zero abilities to cope with life's mild most mild struggles most mild difficulties most mild challenges like making a decision right I mean it, it it's the same as uh you know you can put your your kids through. I try to do this with my kids. It's not easy, folks. It's really not easy to to teach your kids this kind of thing because you know something co- will come up, and I'm already programmed to <laughs> you know go through the the scenarios in my head in seconds and go. I already got the answer about what the best case is right now. Right. You know, uh, or presenting the the two scenarios that will work you know, best. And we just have to choose one. And, you know, I I will do that with my girl and go, Hey, we either do this and this is the case, or we could do this. And that's the outcome. You know, both of them aren't optimum, but these are the choices we got. Now I've already run through a hundred other scenarios and came and whittled it down to that. And I'll give those two to whoever I'm with the kids or, or my girl. Yeah. And, and that's what, what happens right. occasionally I'll get something back and go, why don't we do this instead? Especially when I'm like with you, like we do that all the time. We go back and forth yeah. about different scenarios. Cause we're good at that. Yeah. But, um, as men, and this is something that we've kind of touched on before is having that input from the female side of things. Mm. Right. So, I already know what the situation is and what the, what the decision probably should be. And then they'll chime in with something that I didn't think of because it's a female point of view. Right. And when I give them those two options, like you're kind of talking about, like, you know, or two scenarios, let's say not options, but scenarios, I want them to chime in. I want their opinion. I don't always go with it. You know, like in my head, I might be thinking, okay, I really, you know, when you give those ideas and those, and those circumstances and those options, you might think in your head, like you might have one that you think is the better one, but you want input from whoever it is you're like, you know, with or discussing it with. And, and sometimes, you know, they might choose the thing that you aren't as (laughs) sold on. Yeah. But but if they don't give you a compelling reason to go with that one, sometimes I don't go with their, with their opinion. You know, it just depends on what it is and it depends a lot on like not them just choosing an opinion, but also kind of like 
backing it up and, and explaining why they chose that. And if that's enough to convince me that it makes sense, then I, then I may go with that one. Yeah. There's a lot of these scenarios that come up that you have to make a decision fairly quickly, not seconds, but you know, a few minutes kind of thing. And, um, I have thought about this, about, you know, including my boy or at least, you know, some part of my kids, uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> and go, Hey, you know, think this through and think about what is the best for everybody, not just you, because that yes. really trains them to think because selfishly they go, yeah, I want to do this. Cause that's what I want to do. Right. Well, that's, that's normal, right? That's mm-hmm. normal. Kids do that. They're selfish. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and they're, and they're not the brightest, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's good for them to, to kind of train your mind to Definitely. think about the different scenarios and, and, uh, and think about other people and how it would affect them too. It's Definitely. interesting. Um, I just wanted to say one thing real quick. Yeah. Just today, my youngest boy um, was talking to me about something and he goes, um, oh, he was talking about something with my dog and he goes, you know, it's good to, to think about how the other person feels. I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I have this like jingle bell necklace he was wearing today, which annoyed the shit out of me. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, tis the season, man, it's all good. Yeah. But, but, uh, uh anyway, so he was like, but you know, if it pressed up against me, it kind of hurt. So when I was hugging Franklin, I realized that maybe it was hurting him. Hmm. And I was like, wow, man, that's, that's really that's, good. That's insightful. Yeah, that's good. That's not something you'd expect out of a I was under 10 year old kid. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty shocked about that, but it's, it's a good, and I don't know how he started thinking that way, but it's, it's a good, I don't know how you could teach that to your kids, but I think including them in some form of decision-making is probably not a bad idea as long as, you know, let's face it. Sometimes in these scenarios, I'm frustrated (laughs) and teaching a kid about something is not the easiest time to do it. No, it's, you know, you have to pick the right time. And I think there's a couple of things. One, I think it's very good to include them. I try to do that. Sometimes I'll ask their opinion. What do you guys want to do? But often I'll state prior to even asking them, I'll state, I'll make it very clear to them. Listen, I'm going to ask you your opinion, but I may not go with it. Because that's, you're yeah, the that's kid, right. not the parent, right. and your mom and I are going to make the decision. Yeah. I'm only asking your opinion because I want to know what your opinion is. Right. You know, and, and I think a lot of parents today do whatever the kids want to do. That's and that's true. dangerous. That's dangerous because that, that, and, and you might say, well, why is that dangerous? It's like, you know, it's providing for them. It's making them happy. Yes, yes, and yes. But here's the problem. If you do that over and over, then they don't ever experience not getting exactly what they want. And then when life comes along, because life has a way of smoothing things out and, and, and bringing to light bad tendencies and bad problems in your personalities and in your relationships, when life comes about and somebody else is in charge of them and doesn't give them an opportunity to choose, they crumble. Yeah, they do not have the skill set to deal with that. Nope. I mean, let's say uh, life is full of scenarios where you have to eat a shit sandwich, okay? Yeah. And be okay with it. And, like, you can't get everything. You can't always get what you want. Let me quote Rolling Stones, which I don't really like the Rolling Stones. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. So, I mean, if you're you're thinking about, like – uh, like you and I, man, like I make decisions all the time and go like, ah, it's not what I want to do, but it's all right. I'll do it. Yeah. Fine. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. If I wanted to, if I got to do everything I wanted to do, I mean, it would be a disaster. It, it would be. Yes. Yeah. But, so, but, on, the, but on the other hand, like, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, uh, it's good for kids because they're inherently selfish to get that taste of, Hey, these are the scenarios. And, um, I mean, how many times have your kids been disappointed by a decision, by a decision that you've made 
of something that you're going to do. And then they get there and they do it and they are having a blast. Yeah. And when all that, the time. And when, right. And when that happens, I make sure that I point that out to them. I can right. remember about two hours ago, you were moping around and crying how you didn't want to do this or what it wasn't what you wanted to do. And look at you now, you had a great time. And exactly. I like the, I like to point those things out because that, that sometimes gets lost also, you know, they, they can't, they can't connect those dots all the time, you know? Right. And you know, yeah, it's, it's just, it's good to have balance and things, you know, yes. but, but the problem is, you know, and when I say balance, I don't mean like 50, 50, the adults make the decisions and 50% you take <laughs> what the kids say. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what the, the percentages are. I'm going to throw out there like 95, five. Cause I don't think it's better than that, but certainly hearing their opinions, yeah. letting them think through a situation yep. is healthy for them. That's how they learn. That's right. how they develop those skills so that when they're adults someday they can do it. And what made me think when you were talking about all that was as fathers, as husbands, as men, Right. On a, you know, this is a man's podcast. As men, we oftentimes don't pick what we want to do. That happens all the time with me, man. We often don't. More than half of the time. In fact, every time I'm about to make a decision in my head, I think about what, how, is this going to help my wife and my kids? Is this going to be something that they would enjoy or is it going to protect them or provide for them? I'm not even thinking about myself. Now, are there times where like we plan trips and do things where, you know, there's fun stuff for the guys? Of course, because you yeah. and I work really hard and we right. need that time. But right. even in the midst of those decisions, we're thinking firstly about, you know, the wives and kids and those kinds of things. And, you know, that didn't happen like, one day light switch comes on because, you know, I, I mean, for me, and I, I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, uh, it was, it's something that developed over time and, uh, you know, for different reasons, um, for me, I, I had a, a sort of a dark period of my life recently that we can talk about one day on this podcast, but, um, it came out of that um, that it's not all about me. It's not right. It's, it, it, and, um, but those little decisions, one day you go, I'm going to do something nice for somebody. That's cool. And then the next time it's like, I'm just going to go to bed. Well, wait a second. There's, you know, I'm just going to empty the dishwasher real quick. I mean, it's those little things. Do yeah. I want to do that? No. Cause I'm working hard and all that stuff, but so is everybody else, man. I mean, like, so it's these little decisions over time develops a habit of exactly what you were just saying is you do stop and think about, um, how it affects your family and all of that. Definitely. Yeah. And that's kind of the beginning of maturation, especially for men, you know, anybody, anybody, yeah. humans, yeah, like, for those for those three people out there that are listening and are <laughs> struggling with it, just know, just start with one thing, one small thing that you do that is completely for somebody else. Right now, emptying the dishwasher is also for me. You know what I mean? But it'd be easy to just left it, leave stuff in there, and let somebody else do it. Exactly, and so much better, so much better. I mean. You know, I don't want to empty the dishwasher, but the reality is it's got to be emptied. And it's not primarily my wife's job duty to do that. I mean, you yeah. know, we we can get into a really specific <laughs> conversation about role, gender roles, family roles, jobs and duties as a husband, wife, part, you know, whatever. But right. The thing is, that's going to vary from household to household, regardless of your views and value, uh, values and morals and, and philosophies and ideologies. And, and the thing is, it doesn't matter, okay? Like, what you and your wife decide is best is, is, is okay, I think. Um, but 
you know, the, the real reality is like, we should be helping each other. It's a partnership. It is, you know, and, and my wife helps me do like, she'll surprise me and do some of the manly with air quotes, manly duties. Um, like when I'm at work, cause she gets out before I do. And sometimes she'll do those things before I get home from work. And right. the reason she does it, and she's told me on multiple occasions, because I don't want you to have to do it when you get home from work. I want you to be able to like take your shoes off and go change your clothes and be present with me and the kids and not mm-hmm. be outside raking leaves or not be whatever it is. Right. So if it's something that she can do, has the skills to do and is able to do, oftentimes she'll try to do it for me. And that's a big difference uh, than <clears throat> her doing something quote unquote manly for uh, the family and for you. Okay. Take that scenario and compare it with the scenario of the, the female doing the manly things because I can do manly things too. And I'm going to show you, right. That's a whole oh my nother, God. That's a different thing, right? Yeah. Well, but, but that's huge in society today. Right. So I yeah. think what you, I think what you uncovered here is an, an incredible two opposing views, right? You have the woman that does it because she loves and respects her man. Right. And wants to help him. And then you have the other side, which is a polar opposite. Right. Completely, completely completely opposite. Right. Which is I'm going to do it because I don't need no man. Well, what that does also is that um, in that scenario, the polar opposite scenario is they are. That's a selfish thing. Number one. And number two, it's a demasculizing Yes. Uh, um, action. It's disrespectful. It's, um, it makes a man feel powerless, useless, no good. Um, men need to feel like they're helping you, providing for you, protecting you. That's not that we're dominating you. That just means that we want to shield you from difficulty. We want to give you everything that you desire. And some of that comes from stupid things like just taking care of the property and taking care of things and finances and all those kinds of things. <laughs> and again, houses can differ in these yeah. things. But, you know, when you have the attitude of I don't need no man for this, that makes your man feel like right. he's useless, powerless, and basically manless. And even if you don't even say those words, if you're doing it yeah. uh, with that uh, intention, then it's gonna, it's going to be felt, and uh, oh, and, yeah. and, and it's and it's and it's gonna, that's not being a good partner. No, I mean, it could, same same could go the other way, I guess. You know, like hey, uh, you know, I'm going to do something womanly because right. I can do everything and I'm going to dominate you. And it, it can go the other way too, I guess. Of course. Yeah. And I'm sure and it has it, in certain and, instances. And it can be the other way as far as like, Oh, you didn't wash the floor. Good enough. Hey, you missed a spot over there. You know, I, that's n- crazy. You can, appre- you can appreciate things, uh, for what they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as a partnership, you have to be able to appreciate the other person's contribution, whatever it is. And when you step on the other person, whether it be, you know, the, you know, the woman stepping on the man and saying, I don't need no man or the guy stepping on the, the woman and saying, I don't need a woman. I can do all these things. You know what that does? That, that, that absolutely, causes and fuels and grows this thing called resentment. Oh, for sure. When there's resentment in a marriage or in a serious relationship, it's absolutely going to cause the breakdown of the relationship. If, if it's not dealt with. Yeah. And sometimes it, you don't even realize it for years after what's going on. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, we have a pretty good insight. I mean, uh, for 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 what it is, but a lot of people out there that <laughs> might be listening um, don't, <laughs> you know, don't realize what that's doing on the inside. And 
if they ever do wake up one day and realize, oh my gosh, this is what's going on. That's not easy to uncover on your own. It's not. No, no. And because this is a men's podcast, I'm going to focus a couple minutes on just the men's side because listen, men have done a terrible job of loving women the way they need to be loved. That is not, that is not a false statement. That is absolutely, that's not even, it's not even negotiable. It's true. Okay. That's the truth. But let's talk about the men situation. This feminist movement that was like, I don't need no man and tried to, you know, basically, you know, emasculate men has caused lots of men to feel like they are less than enough. And when men feel less than enough, one of two things happen. They just kind of cower into a corner and let it continue to happen. Or they go seek feeling like enough of a man elsewhere. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse for infidelity or it's an excuse, but it could even just be like break up of the relationship and go like get out of it. Or it could be, you know, uh, not doing their manly duties because, you know, it could be them not loving the woman the way she should be because he's not being treated the way he should be. And then you get into this back and forth and it just creates this awful relationship. But here, here's the other thing. Uh, I'll take that. It goes to the point where I was saying where you're, you, it's hard to uncover that or piece that together on your own. What exactly is going on? So say yeah. you break up because you just have a feeling that it's not, it's not working for some reason, whatever the reason is, right? We, you and I, James and Alan know the reason, but the person in the scenario does not know the reason. Right. Okay. So they break up. All right. And he goes on the person who's messed up and not feeling like much of a man. He doesn't know how to be in a relationship because that has damaged the self. I don't know what you call that, what term it is, like how you look at yourself. Self-esteem, self-concept, whatever, self-awareness. I don't know. Right. And it can come in many different forms, but the root of it is not uh, realized and not, um, not, uh, not fixed, you know? So how many times, and how many times you hear like women saying, well, you know, I'm, I just won't have sex with my partner. You know what I'm thinking? Withholding that from a man is the it is so counterproductive to the relationship. You have no idea yeah. how counterproductive that is. Because right. or or the opposite. Hey, do all these things and I'll get you a blowjob. <laughs> like what is what is that? that I mean, to, listen, men okay. want sexual intimacy. They do. It it, it absolutely drives men. It, it it's important to men and so forth, but using it as a weapon is absolutely counterproductive, you know, like it will cause a rift and there will be resentment and all sorts of stuff there. And the woman, you won't get what you want and you can try to be firm and think that you're, you're in in charge because you're doing that. But it absolutely is, is, is not healthy in any way. Yeah. You're going to drive him away. You're going to drive him away because he's not going to put up with it after a while. I mean, unless he's a beta male and he might stay there forever and then, Hey, maybe you've won, but you know what? You've actually lost because you don't have a real man. Hey, look, man, if you, if you give a lion slabs of meat every day over the, over the wall and he doesn't have to work for it. Yep. Uh, he ain't going to be happy. (laughs) Right. Ain't a lion anymore. No. I mean, no, it was a fat, lazy slob, <laughs> right? I mean, ultimately, uh, right. So anyways, listen, I found this thing that way back when we started this, you know, okay, 30, 35 minutes ago and you Jeez. were talking about different things and we're just riffing on stuff that we don't even know about. We just, whatever. Yeah, okay, well, cool. this, I saw this article and I didn't read the whole thing, but let me just give you like what I saw. Okay. And since this is a man's podcast, I thought it was related. But so you remember the movie Avatar, the blue people? Yeah. I never saw it. Pretty good movie. I mean, the first one was pretty good. You know, it was kind of an epic thing. It was a huge movie. It was huge. And I don't I don't know why or how to compare that or, you know, for what reason it became so huge. But it was it was a good movie. You know, it wasn't. 
I wouldn't put it in my top 20, but for whatever reason, it was considered like a blockbuster movie, let's call it. Okay. Well, so there's a new one coming out. A new Avatar. Yeah. yeah. I saw, I saw right? av- advertisements. I saw advertisements. So the di- so I just saw this like article that said the director of Avatar, James Cameron, who he's pretty famous. I think he's yes. directed a ton of movies. I think he did Titanic, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Like some pretty big movies. Yeah. Okay. Avatar director James Cameron says testosterone is a toxin that men must terminate from their system. Is this like he him talking about the movie? No. He's a loser, dude. He's out of touch with reality and biology. He's a beta male. Yes, he is. No man says you terminate. This goes back to what did we talk about in our early shows? Right. We are absolutely animals, dangerous animals that need to be tamed and self-controlled. Yes. That testosterone makes us those dangerous animals. And if you're a woman or a person in, in, in the world and culture and humanity, you want men to be those dangerous animals, but you want them to be controlled. The reason you want them to be those dangerous animals is because when push comes to shove and there's world war three, yep. who's going to battle? Yep. Who do you want going to battle? Those dangerous men that are protecting your country, your your home front. The problem with that statement from James Cameron is that uh, it's misdirected. What he's probably trying to say, and he's misdirected by it, is exactly what you said and we've said on this podcast, is you want to control the animal. That's the enemy. Well, I'll give you, you the quote. I'll give you the quote. Ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. His quote is, a lot of things I did earlier I wouldn't do, career-wise, and just risks that you take as a wild, testosterone-poisoned young man. I always think of testosterone as a toxin that you have to slowly work out of your system. So I agree. Part of it probably is his misguided idea that like his poor mistakes and his man, you know, the, the testosterone-infused decisions that he made that might have been poor are because of testosterone when in reality it's really because of him. It's really because of him because he didn't have a good handle on it. Lack of control of yeah. the, of the of the animal. Of but, the what a, but what a pussy thing to say. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Like try saying that in the football locker room right before the game. Oh hey guys, gosh. we got to get this testosterone out of our system. It's it's poisoning us. It's disgusting. And think about the situation is in our culture right now that he can say that crap. Yeah, and it's just normal. In fact, it's supported. Right. What a bunch yeah, of trash. I know. That's that's a hundred percent garbage. Mm. I'm glad I didn't see Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably not going to see the new one. And honestly, no I, if, uh, the more I read that, I'm not seeing the new one. What a bunch of trash. <laughs> what an absolute pussy he is. I just can't say anything else. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, that that just makes me so mad and sad about the, the, the times today, man. Like, yeah. uh, you know, somebody who is... In the spotlight as much as he is. I mean, he he is because he made a movie that was popular. Right. That doesn't mean he's smart. No, it doesn't mean he's worth anything, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, we, we glorify these people way beyond what they're worth. Exactly. You want to you see a movie about a man, okay? Mm. And I don't know if you saw it, but go see Nobody. I watched it. That was a did you good. see it? Yeah, it was good. Did you like it? I did like it. It was pretty good. It was, it was really good. good. It was really I, good. It's a guy, you know, just I a like great it too because the character, the guy that plays the guy, <sighs> is somebody that like in other you know films or shows is not a tough guy. No, he's not. It's uh, Bob o- Bob Odenkirk. And wasn't he the guy that played like Saul in, in yeah. Breaking Bad or Better Better Call Saul? He's the yeah. Saul. Yeah. <laughs> it's so unexpected in the show, in the movie. And he is a badass. <laughs> he is. It's a cool movie. It's well written. It really is. 
And it's not like the usual, like, I, I used to be a badass and now I'm not. You kind of, it was different. And I'm not how. sure. Yeah, yeah. I know. Because <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, he's a pussy. Yeah. What? You know, because his home gets invaded. I won't give but, away the movie. But, but then you find out why he was a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. So awesome. Yeah. But you mean, okay, besides that, like, think about, the, the, and and this is a great way to start the movie because a home invasion, okay, a beta male is going to have a golf club up in the air and not swing it. Mm-hmm. When your son's being attacked. What? Dude, there's no way you and I would be carted off to jail yeah. because I wouldn't stop swinging that thing. No, <laughs> until like there was you couldn't you couldn't tell that the pieces of flesh right came from a human being that at one time were fully intact. Right, like five minutes ago. Yes, because it was you couldn't. It was a puzzle you couldn't put back together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because once they're gone and dead and on the floor, you just keep pulverizing it with that thing. Yeah. With the golf tend- club or whatever you have. Yeah, you're tenderizing meat. Yeah. You're just pounding it. Bring out the rubs. Get ready for the smoker the next day because you are pulverizing it. Uh, <laughs> what if you just throw the guy before you start pulverizing? Here, rub this on your skin. <laughs> Before you, because you're going on a smoker because i'm gonna cook you you probably take off running that's probably all you need to say you don't even need to hurt the guy yeah because even the the home invaders are pussies yeah they're gonna be like this guy's crazy we picked the wrong house to invade <laughs> oh my god anyway that was a good movie and i'm not yeah. gonna see avatar and james cameron man just another pussy in a long line of pussies these days. Yeah. I mean, well, in, in freaking Hollywood, man, it's a wreck. Yeah. It's yeah, a wreck. You know, know, and the reality is, okay. And I'm not going to bring this up cause we gotta, oh. we gotta keep this somewhat shorter today, at least like normal time. But like, yeah. All right. The whole thing with Kanye West and all that. Uh, and like just yeah. making, and then you have all these directors, you know, getting in trouble for, you know, sexual exploitations or, Whatever, but Hollywood is a mess. And these producers and these writers and these Hollywood execs, they're abusing people. They are. They think, they think they're way more important than they are. They think they're more important than they are. They think they're better than everybody. They're million billionaires. And you know what? That's it clouds their judgment. They become yeah. these pussies like Cameron that right. think testosterone should be bleeded out bleeded out of men. If you take testosterone away, can you imagine what this world would be like? Well, it would be not populated. I know that. True. That's the first thing. Great point. First thing. Yeah, there'd be a lot of anal cancer. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be unpopulated. I mean, first of all, testosterone, even in, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in gay men, they have testosterone. They have a sexual drive. They're misguided uh, psychologically, right? Right, But they still have testosterone. Sure. Every man has testosterone. I mean, there's certain levels. Right. Um, But, uh, you know, if you take testosterone, I mean, it's what drives men to do crazy things. You know, some of these jobs where men are like underground drilling oil and they're like filthy dirty and they're using these machines that could rip their arm off if they if they misstep like one inch and they're like doing that for eight to 12 hours a day and just you know crazy things you take testosterone away those jobs cease to exist and then all of a sudden we don't have that industry of men honestly our country will shut down the whole world would. The world will fall apart. There's no, there's no mining. There's no tunnels. There's no construction. I mean, I, I, there's any. I, those are just on the surface things that I can think about. I mean, there's a million jobs that takes brute force testosterone, strength, risk. You know, strength. You know, facing, <laughs> facing fear. You know. Uh, just crazy stuff that testosterone will allow men to do 
And, you know, all these feminists and these progressives that think it's a poison and bad thing, you know, they have, they're so stupid. If they had any idea what this would lead to, if they took it away, they don't, they have no no idea. No, they're stupid. They're freaking stupid. But because they're taking something in an isolated incident, or take Hollywood, for instance, okay? Yeah. The people taking advantage of somebody, they think that the problem is testosterone. When in reality, the problem is, is that that person who's taken advantage of somebody has a control problem or a psychological problem that, that... they need to feed their control. It has nothing to do with the testosterone. That person is a jerk. It's a, the person's a jerk. It could be a male or a female. They're a jerk. Right. Yes. It has nothing that, to do with what chemistry they have flowing through their circulatory system. They're just jerks. It's their personality. Those are things that are not always genetic. Oftentimes, they're environmental. And forget sports. There, there will be no sports of no testosterone. Right. But I mean, as much as you and I love sports, man, we could live without sports. Yeah. We can live without it. We yeah. cannot live without this other stuff. I know. Can you imagine, yeah. can you imagine D-Day without testosterone? Storming the beaches, getting shot down, getting crushed, but you just keep coming off the ships. Dude, okay, imagine you're in a boat. Okay? And you're and you got a helmet on, you got whatever gun that they had back then. And it's just your storm. Yeah, it's just we're going to get up to the beach, all right? Yeah, yeah. And the be- and the beach has a cliff. And there's people in uh whatever, bunkers with Yeah. 50 caliber guns or whatever oh, they got. And yeah. they're just raining down bullets. Spraying. And you're just, you got to get off the boat and, and tread through like a hundred yards of water. Yep. Uh, have you ever run in the water in the beach? You can't, you can't, you can't zigzag out of the no. way. Of bullets. That takes balls, dude. So, so then you get, get through the water and onto the beach and there's those, barbed wire, whatever fence type things there that you got to get through. Most of them were getting shot up on that and just like dying and like hanging on those. I mean, listen, ain't no estrogen pulling you through that. (laughs) No, no, that doesn't mean that you're any less valuable, but you, you ain't doing it. I'm telling you right now, you're not doing it with estrogen. It's not happening. And let's, let's just be clear here that just like your wife uh, raking the leaves or mowing the lawn before you get home, the women back home in World War II. Oh, my God. They were vital. They, 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 they manned the steel factories or whatever. Yes, they, they did. did. They did manly things. They but they weren't, up. they weren't doing it to say that we could do it. They were doing it for the better of the country and supporting the the troops that were men that were over there doing the real dying for them. Uh, I mean, I can't even imagine the horrors that were going on. And that's the, that's the huge difference. Yes. The women's, the women, uh, absolutely stepped up to the plate and supported and, and did what they needed to do, uh, to, uh, for the better of the country. Like we said. Definitely, man. Dude, sure. Unbelievable. So crazy. Let's let's get off of this Hollywood BS, dude, because the Hollywood scene is just not real. And they live in in something that's not reality. And they that's what my dad used to always say. That's what my dad used to always say. Like they made a living pretending to be something they're not. I also love all, that's right? a great that's a great quote, man. Like your job is to pretend you're somebody you're not, because right. you're not playing your own character. You're playing a different character. And let's let's give a little gold statue for those who could pretend to be better, you know, than somebody else who we were pretending. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. What are we doing? I know. I mean, uh, so, uh, and how about these Hollywood actors, okay, that are like tough guys in the movie with guns and they're shooting everybody. Yeah. And then, and then the next day they're out going, anti-gun, anti-gunners. I'm, I'm against guns. Yeah. Come on, man. They're That's how you make your living, bro. They're a bunch of pussies. Yeah, dude. Well, I don't know. What do you think, man? You got anything else? 
Uh, I think that's good for this week, man. Just, you know, talking about what's been going on in our lives and, uh, you know, what kinds of pressures and things and we're facing, man. Christmas is coming up and, uh, Christmas, man, as you said, it's wait a minute. Let me look here real quick. It's on, it's on, is it on a Saturday or Sunday this year? I think it's, I think Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. One. So today's Sunday. One, two, it's three weeks from today, man. I hope you guys have gone out and, um, you got everything you needed to get. You got your shopping done, man. I, I got a lot of it done. I still have some stuff to do. Yeah, I got you. some of it done. I wouldn't say I have a lot. Maybe half. All right. Maybe half. But um, but I'm pretty good at last minute kind of throwing things together. And Yeah, I got a, I got a plan. I got a plan. Yeah. Get some stuff. And, uh, it's freaking just, hard, man. Go out there and the people are just I everywhere. I don't want to go out there. Dude. I know. Well, there's so there. much online stuff too, but I like to support local stuff if I can, but it, sometimes it's not easy. Yeah, I know. And it's, uh, it gets harder and harder because, you know, even, even the mom and pop shops, you know, they can't beat the prices sometimes. I know. And so what do you do? Yeah. I, I hate you. Amazon though. Now I know dude, dude. what happened to two day shipping. When was the last time you got an Amazon package in two days? Uh, it's usually at the at the best like three days. It's not, I got a package the other day. It was three days after I ordered. That's the best case scenario. What's the yeah. average? Like a week, four to seven. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. part of me is like, I'm paying this money for the Prime, which gives me faster. It's supposed to be two day shipping, and right. then right to my door, I don't have to leave my house. Part of me is like. If I'm not getting it in two to three days, what am I getting here? I might as well run to Walmart and pick it up myself. And you might say, well, it's avoiding having to go to Walmart yourself. Yeah, but if I go to Walmart, I can have it today. I can I can get off this podcast with you right now and go to Walmart and get what I need today. Yeah. Yeah. And I have done that. I have too. I've actually really cut down what I'm buying from Amazon because – Bezos and that company are a bunch of punks anyways, and they're not getting it to me as soon as they said they were. They got to step up the game. You know what? You know what's slowing them down? All these electric vehicles. (laughs) (laughs) They're running out of batteries, man. No, they're not. They got to get more double A's. Yeah, yeah, they do. They forgot to wind them. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyways, let's wrap it up, man, and we'll uh, we'll uh, put it together next week again. And uh, yeah. as we enter this season of Merry Christmas and the Advent season, I hope you guys were all blessed and have a good time with your family. And remember that it's a good time of year to to think about other people than yourselves, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I uh, it, it's been difficult over the years to get you know i've always wanted to like get my kids into that spirit of giving you know yeah. what i mean like give back to somebody that doesn't have a lot yeah and you know I, I may be a little warped man and and it's true to help people that truly need it but it's difficult to weed through the people that actually need it or the people that are just lazy yeah but there's a lot of need. I think you there. can find them, but you have to be really, you have to be really, you know, judicious and find and figuring that out, you know, and like, you know, the way you find that out usually is from hearing from somebody that you know about a need yeah. in a family, you know, right. like your right. buddy says, Hey, there's this family that's in big, big time need. Can you help them out? You know? And yeah. yeah. Rather than just going and grabbing some angel tree thing. And I'm not against those things, but yeah, you know, with all of the like government subsidies and systems to like give welfare and benefits to people, it's hard to, you know, like you said, weed out the people that are just lazy and the people that really need something. And part of it also is, you know, what better gift to give somebody than the gift of learning how to budget. Yeah. And I would rather give, I would rather go and pay for Christmas gifts for a family where a guy just lost his job like two weeks ago or their house caught on fire. Yeah. Let me, let me help that guy out. Yeah. But finding that guy, you know, rather than easy, 
dropping a thing in a bucket is is, is difficult for me to to kind of get yeah, into because I got you. because of that reason. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm saying uh, like you mentioned, we, yep. we should we should definitely be a little bit more diligent in uh, finding the people who are actually in need. Definitely, I agree. Well, listen, everybody, have a great week, and uh, yeah, you know, catch us again next week. We'll be back here next week talking about stuff that we've been talking about. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, right. man. James. Alan. (laughs) All right. I catch you. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.